and to continue the, the family line of the deceased husband. They tried to twist this law that was given to protect the vulnerable in order to humiliate Jesus and prove a heretical point. They try to trap Jesus and prove that there's no resurrection of the dead. And they do this by trying to prove their point by uh, applying this law to an extreme and unusual hypothetical situation. This hypothetical situation blurs the intention of the law which was to help the vulnerable and distracts people by them getting to look at this hypothetical situation that probably would never happen. They talk about a woman being widowed six times. And then all her uh, husbands have died apart from her last husband. Then she dies leaving the last widower alive. And they are asking who is she married to? All seven of them. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. Or the last one, number seven, when she dies. They hope that by bringing in this absurd hypothetical situation that Jesus will look like a fool and that their false understanding of scripture and the denial of the resurrection will be proven. And we see this today, don't we? We see this when people try into a scripture to fit in with their heretical beliefs. We hear about it when people talk about pro-abortion. Instead of looking at the facts of what abortion is, they will bring in a situation and say, well, what if a, a child has been abused and attacked? Is it okay then? When we think that the majority of abortions have nothing to do with abuse, it is more to do with convenience. But they distract from the issue of what abortion is by blurring the picture, by appealing to our sympathy about children who were being abused. The same with divorce. When we say that divorce is unbiblical, people will bring in the situation of abusive husbands, which is something that needs dealing with, but is also a distraction from what marriage is all about. The same with homosexuality. When they bring in what's wrong with two people loving each other. Isn't God a, a God of love? Then even within the church we find church uh, Christians refusing to become church members. Because they say well nowhere in the Bible is membership mentioned specifically. Even though throughout the New Testament we can see it was a practical outworking of every early church. But before sounding self-righteous. I need to admit that I am guilty of similar things and I'm at risk of doing these things again. I remember when I first became a Christian, I was a, a drug user, I was a drug addict and I justified my drug taking by saying, well, other Christians drink, so what's wrong with taking drugs? And I would look and use that bit about people saying, do not get drunk on wine and say well if I'm not getting high I'm just using drugs but not getting high that is fine I twisted the word of God to justify a sin not only was I not uh, getting high which I was I was taking this passage totally out of context because taking drugs was also illegal which was a sin 
but I wasn't looking to find out a passage that told me I couldn't take drugs. I searched the Bible to find a passage so I could continue in a sinful lifestyle. And many of us can do that. Many of us can look at the Bible and twist things to suit our own agenda. Or many of us can look at the Bible and avoid what it says so that we don't have to do what God requires us to do as Christians. You see, unless we understand the Bible instead of just reading it, unless we stand firm on the Bible, we will be unable to defend the truth and protect ourselves from doing what the Sadducees were doing, justifying their sin and their way of life. You see, like the Sadducees, the world and even the church is full of people who question the authority of Jesus, trying to twist or deny his word, especially when his word challenges what they do or believe. If we look at verse 29, it says, Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Imagine hearing this. These men were the most academically gifted scholars of the word of God. They were the elite scholars of the word of God. Their whole life was dedicated to studying the word of God. Yet Jesus tells them that they're heretical, which means that they are in error and that their errors stand against everything and every doctrine that God gives us. And he's telling them the reason that they are heretical, that they are in error, is because they don't understand the word that they believe they are the experts on. And the reason for their lack of understanding regarding the scriptures and their lack of understanding of the power of God comes because of their intention of reading it and their lack of the Holy Spirit. You see, it says they should have known that the scriptures point to Jesus as the Son of God. As experts, they should have understood what they professed to be scholars of, pointed to who Jesus was, God the Son. They should have known that Jesus had come to suffer, to die and to rise from the dead, to offer the hope of salvation to those who trust in him. Yet this heresy, this refusal to submit to and understand the word of God should be no surprises throughout the Bible, throughout the history of God's people. We see they have a history of rejecting the word of God. Right from the start in Genesis, Adam and Eve reject the word of God. Not only do they reject it, but they twist it to suit their own purposes. Then we see the exiles, sorry, those in, in Exodus who are uh, journeying to the promised land. God's people have been rescued from Egypt and they're heading to the promised land, yet they reject the word of God when they refuse to enter it out of fear. Then we see God's people as exiles who have been overran by their enemies and sent into exile because they've rejected the word of God. And now, as both John the Baptist is attacked 
and then Jesus is being attacked and rejected by the religious rulers, we see that God's people are again rejecting the word of God. And this is why in the previous chapters in Matthew 13, Jesus repeats what the prophets Moses, what the prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Ezekiel had spoken before him. When Jesus says, though seeing, they do not see, though hearing, they do not hear or understand. You see, Jesus is telling God's people that God's word cannot be understood purely by human endeavour. That the word of God cannot be understood purely by academic ability. That the word of God cannot be understood just by listening to the best preacher or the best teacher. What we are seeing here that understanding the word of God only comes from understanding and being touched by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And this is ironic, as the Sadducees not only dismiss the resurrection, but they also believe in man's free will and dismiss the idea of God's sovereignty and power over human beings. And this is the very reason why they're unable to understand the very scriptures that they claim to be experts in. 